Welcome to another podcast of BibleTruthOnline.com. Tonight we're going to start a new series going over the parables of Jesus. We'll start with the meaning of the parables. They either have a literal translation or symbolic translations. We'll start with that. And the definition of the parable is to lay next to or compare. So when we speak of parables, the disciples actually asked Jesus in Matthew 13, verses 10 through 17, why do you speak to them in parables? And let's make a point about this real quick. <clears throat> There's a layered meaning. We're not adding to the word of God, but on this distinct parable of the fig tree, one has to ask if it's a literal interpretation. That means Jesus is giving farming advice. And this is a story of a man that planted a fig tree in a vineyard. That situation could very well be real. But there's a meaning to it and a reason. Let's just take another example before we go into this. The prodigal son. Okay? The prodigal son is, has a layered meaning. There probably was sons, and there is today, that stray from the family. The reaction of the father is not a common one. But that story could have very well um, have taken place literally. But yet, there's so much meaning that you get out of the prodigal son. You can check out one of our papers on our site. What the literal and other meaning is. Um, not only is the prodigal son about a son leaving his house and going astray. But it's also speaking to those who are Christ's sheep. Who are saved. Who may go astray. And God welcomes them back with open arms. Okay? So let's just read the actual scripture on the purpose of parables. And I think that explains it very well. And then we can move on. This comes from Matthew chapter 13 verses 10 through 17. And verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this, this people has grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So now let's begin with the parable of the fig tree. This comes from Luke chapter 13 verses 6 through 9, and we're using the New King James Version. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. 
cut it down. Why does he use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that you can cut it down. Okay, same parable right here. We're going to expound on it a little bit. Luke 13, 6 through 9. He also spoke this parable. A certain man, God, had a fig tree, the Jews, planted in his vineyard, the world. He came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years, the time of Jesus' ministry, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, the Jews, and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the good ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year, the millennium. Also, until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. This is saying that after the millennium, he'll be done with the Jews. Not now. So let's go in there and, and back up what these words are and why we're saying what these uh, represent. You have the fig tree. We are saying it's talking about the Jews. And it's well-known fact, and I'm just going to explain a little bit that, when the fig tree is mentioned in scripture, it's talking about the Jews. We have first from Hosea 9.10. Hosea 9.10 says, When I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. When I saw your fathers, it was like seeing the early fruit on the fig tree. But when they came to Baal Peor, they consecrated themselves to that shameful idol and became as vile as the thing they loved. So the prophets have mentioned fig trees that the people at that time very well knew what the prophets meant when they said the fig tree. Another reference of a prophet that uh, ties the fig tree to the Jews comes from Jeremiah chapter 24 verse 5 and that states like these good figs so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah. Okay. So I don't think it's a far stretch at all, and many people are in agreement that the fig tree represents the Jews. And before we go any farther than that, I think we should take the fig tree right back to the beginning. The fig tree first comes into this Bible story all the way back in Genesis 3-7. Adam and Eve have sinned, and their eyes were open to them, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The nation Israel is covering themselves with fig leaves. They're using the laws and traditions and trying to bring themselves forward. Notice that all the way back in Genesis, God takes the fig leaves away and offers skins of animals for them. But the Jewish people at the time when Jesus comes there, they're still using fig leaves. Right. And that certain man who had a fig tree, that certain man is God, just like God created the garden and all this earth, including the fig tree. The fig tree, of course, goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Well, who created that fig tree and who created Adam and Eve? God the Creator did. Mm -hmm. Well, the fig tree is a certain man, God, had a fig tree. These two, Adam and Eve. Right. That's what he's talking about. Planted in his vineyard. Garden of Eden. 
That's where these are. You've got to take it all the way back to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And planting this vineyard, um, now moving forward to time, fig tree comes to represent the Jews, and the vineyard is now this world. And, right. and, remember, and remember, this Adam and Eve, this fig tree, becoming the Jews, this fig tree, is leading you to who? Mm -hmm. It's leading you to Jesus, right. who is the keeper of this ground. And, yeah, and a good point. Um, after planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And that is those who follow the law, those who follow this, the Jews, there is no fruit that comes from that. Paul says that several times. Mm. Okay? It's a given that there is none that have followed the law perfectly like it was supposed to, and there's no fruit that ever came from it. And the next thing then in this parable, then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, okay, keeper of the vineyard, God the Father, Christ, okay, Christ talking there, look for three years. I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree. And this is one of these unmistakable correlations here. We have Jesus' ministry for three years. Yes. And if it's not that, then what is this about? A story of some man planting a fig tree in a vineyard, and this is a dialogue between that man and a farmer? What would that purpose in the Word of God be for a story like that? And what's the purpose of it being three years? Why would you wait three years? Why would you wait another year? Exactly. Four years, five years, one year. We know from the parables, the meaning of the parables, what the disciples asked Jesus himself. Jesus himself is giving this parable. Let's move on because there's more in here. I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, the Jews. I have come seeking fruit from the Jews and find none. That's also scripturally backed up several times. Where has the law ever produced fruit for God? Because if it did... There would be no reason for Jesus to come here and die for the world. Okay? And he came to fulfill the law. And we, we don't even have to just look at the Jews because we look at the whole world at that time. The laws or being good or any of that didn't do any good for anybody. Right. Okay? In particular, though, we're talking about the story of the Jews here because of the victory. And the next statement is interesting. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? And really, that is, and God the Father will view this and has viewed it. This is a waste. Yeah, to anybody who doesn't actually now get the message, I'll, I'll, that's it. You're using up ground. Yeah. Know that I'll cut it down, destroy it, and we know that that's going to happen. Scripture and Revelation coming into this. Let's go to Because the next there's one. no point in going on any farther because it's never going to bear fruit. Next statement, but he answered and said to him, so dialogue between... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Son. It, it's a you can understand why Jesus not is saying this parable. The conversation they're having between them isn't they're trying to figure out what to do. Right. This is they're telling us how they view this and trying to get us to relate to a situation that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. But he answered and said to him, "Sir, let alone this year, which, which is we, the millennium." Let me say it again. It could very easily be, sir, let alone a year. This year and a year is the same meaning. It's not two years. It's not three years. It's not five years. This year. One year. 
we know the millennium to be 1,000 years. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, a day of the Lord is like a thousand years. We have six days of creation, a 6,000 year time, time period. period. Let's go right to where this is talking. To, let's go right to Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Sound familiar? Sound like this parable? Mm hmm then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. These are the ones that through this thousand year period, the Jews, these are not the ones who go away in the rapture, this is their thousand years. This is the year where they are producing fruit. Exactly. The millennium. Let's go right now to back up scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. We have one common theme running in the parable, the fig tree. We have one year. One year we can relate to on this uh, talk about a fig tree, but you have that one year putting one year into a thousand year, we know the millennium would be a thousand years. And if it's not that, then what is it talking about? Why would you let it alone for a year? Why don't you just cut it down right now? I'll cut it down tomorrow. It doesn't say tomorrow. It doesn't say five days. It doesn't say two months. It says, sir, let it alone this year. Moving on, also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. So let it alone this year till I dig around it and fertilize it. Okay. For the Christians, this is turn around and spreading the gospel message. But if, if, if you go back and you look through, through time now, the Jews have never gotten this gospel message. Right. And most people today think a miracle is going to happen and, and all the Jews are going to get it right here. But if you look at the Bible, that's not the way it works. Because after the rapture come the two witnesses... They witness to the Jews again. Right. This is setting up the millennial kingdom. And the word of God is a fertilizer. We all are versed on the times leading up to the rapture, the reasons for the rapture, and the reasons for the thousand years with Christ. And let's go on, because this is a, what else is this uh, parable talking about? Until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, after what? After that one year, after you can the cut millennium, it down. You can cut it after down. After the millennium, there's no more time. Right. It, it's over. Revelation of the great white throne judgment. You have the destruction of the earth. And then after that destruction of the earth, you have the new heaven and new earth, the new creation being formed. And if, again, if it doesn't mean that, then what is this farming advice coming from Jesus? Come on. We know it not to be that. Simple and done. Yeah. This is a very short parable. We wanted to give our listeners a quick introduction into the parables because there are many of them which we'll be presenting to you. And the parable of the fig tree out of Luke 13, 6 through 9 is a great reference of if you're going to interpret literally and don't understand what Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17 talk about the purpose of parables, then what could the parable of the barren fig tree represent? And we must understand this fundamental point that parables are, have a layered meaning. Jesus is using this 
to relate information in a type of sense that we can understand. And like he said in Matthew 13, to teach future generations. And they still teach today. And, and just so you know, too, if, as the world looks at this, and you turn around and you read this, look for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree. If you haven't read the Bible, you don't know how long Jesus' ministry was. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You have no clue. This is almost like a coded message to Christians, right. to believers. Right. Hey, you know what? I think God did this, or I think God did that. And you don't know the Word of God. This is, it doesn't make sense. Right. And that concludes our Bible study tonight uh, with this introduction to our parables. We will be bringing more to you in the future. And as always, questions, comments, you can email us on our website, BibleTruthOnline.com. Good night.